This is Good Cover Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he is Jonathan Hood. And his question that he has on the screen, do you feel a draft? Well, that's because it's not only NFL draft season, but it is WWE draft season. So we thought we would have a, t- a bit of fun, take a look at the WWE roster, and have each of us represent a different brand. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know why. He made me watch NXT during WrestleMania week, but he wants to represent NXT this week. So, Jay Hood, you have the NXT roster. You feel Absolutely. Good? I want you two to figure out Raw and SmackDown. And, but for me... I abstain. I'll be over here with the third brand. Uh, we we watched the brand when it was a banger under Triple H, and I'm gonna build that back up. I, I'm gonna be running NXT now, and you know, so I'll be doing NXT on Tuesdays and level up wherever that airs. I have. <laughs> So you guys want to flip a coin. Who's going to run SmackDown? Who's going to run Raw? All right. So I've got a coin here. Um, For whatever reason, it's a 10 pence uh, from my trip to Scotland last year. It's what I had in my backpack. So it's what we have. It has heads and tails still, so don't worry. So, Brian, I will let you call. If you win, you get to choose your brand, okay? I will go Scottish heads. All right. We are going Scottish heads on this. Oh, as he almost loses it. Uh, It is tails. Oh, so I think I'm just going to stick with SmackDown. I want nothing to do with that third hour. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that third hour. Yeah, damn right. Damn right. I want nothing to do with that third hour. So because you have the third hour, I will let you pick first. All right. Well, then I think the only way to go, we got three hours to fill. You got to go with the world champion who's going to be the world champion for the next 10 years at this point. You got to go Roman off the top. I mean, they're basically creating another belt because they don't want him to ever lose. So – it's Roman. It's Roman forever. I look forward to him main eventing WrestleMania 60, still as the world champion. Give me Roman for three hours, you know, once a month. Yeah, that's, that's – <laughs> like, he was the clear number one pick on the men's side. Um, so I'm, I'm – I'm, so I, I feel like this is cheating, but I'm going to take – the tag champs as my number one pick because I'm getting a two for one with Sammy and KO. They give it, it, I feel it's a shrewd pick because I get to keep them because they're a tag team, but I have two guys that individually can also be stars. So I feel like I'm stealing a little bit here, but by making them the tag team champions, currently WWE is helping me out. So I feel like by taking Sammy and KO, not only do I have the tag champs, but I have two guys that can also split off and be very entertaining as singles performers. Very smart. Very smart. And so for those that are wondering, you can take tag teams. You just can't take factions. You can't yes. take 11 guys and bring them over to a brand. No, so. Everybody that's in LWO, which, by the way, I think includes Bad Bunny at this point. Um, oh, okay. Yes, you cannot just drag, you cannot draft, every, you know, just say, oh, I'm taking the LWO and end up with, you know, half your roster. That's right. So it, we're going to have a run on the bloodline because the first pick for the NXT will be Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa in the NXT. Okay, so there's maybe there's a Heyman. Maybe it's not a Heyman. Maybe I'm bringing Paul in. Maybe I'm not. Sure. The point is, is that that's the next generation. That's the next guy. Solo Sokoa is, I'm not going to say spinning his wheels because he's still a vital member of the bloodline, but I think that he's going to be a single star with a championship. So if I had to choose, it just shows you how good the bloodline is. We're just taking all the guys in the bloodline. <laughs> I'm going solo Sokoa for NXT as my next NXT champion. 
Yeah, and that's it. He should be the champ. The same way they put an NXT title on him early in the call-up and then took it off him for some reason. Like, I still don't get that decision. It would have been so cool to have all of them wearing belts and then Sammy being Sammy, but WWE booking, I guess, is the answer to that. Well, but at the same time, then you'd have been asking because the bloodline was showing up on Mondays and Fridays. So now you'd be asking Solo to go Monday, Tuesday, Uh Friday. It'd be asking a whole hell of a lot out of the young man. So while it would have looked cool to have the North American strap on him, I I think I understand the booking there because the bloodline has had to do so much heavy lifting when you're not building towards a pay-per-view that Roman is going to be on. So they, they end up being the main piece and being around. So I get that. But Solo, as NXT champ, I can certainly get behind. Okay. So we staking it? Are you going next, Ahead? I can go Snake Draft. Okay. Snake Draft, my number two pick for NXT. Ah, the black and gold brand was so good. Banger so after good. banger. Ah, how about this, guys? My number two pick. And again, I'm building toward the future. Number two pick, Chad Gable as a solo. Hmm. Chad Gable as a viable contender. Get away from the silliness. Get away from the nonsense. We already know he's got comedy. He is this generation's Kurt Angle. He is. And again, he doesn't have a hardware to prove it, but I believe because he can do comedy, and so we know he can do that. But in the ring, when he's serious, is an amazing competitor. He has not been able to find his niche yet on Raw or SmackDown. NXT, start over as a champion at some time. So Chad but, Gable, too, for me. And by the way, for Chad Gable, I will say this. He has done a hell of a job, like, pretty much resurrecting his career out of the Shorty G gimmick that Vince McMahon gave him. Like, once he became Shorty G, I left him for dead. I felt yeah. bad for him because they were trying to figure out what to do with him after the unfortunate Jason Jordan injury, and and, and they had to break that tag team up, and he becomes Shorty G because Vince you know, is going in the back. Ha! Get it? He's short. He's short. Get it? Shorty G. Ha-ha! I'm freaking hilarious. But, like... <laughs> Oh. But but he is so good in the ring, and he has proven time in and time out. You put him in that ring, he can do things that other people cannot do. If you can find a way to send him down to NXT and reboot him and make him a serious contender, I think that's a tremendous idea, Jay Hood. Uh, so that leaves, we're back to me. So I am now left with the decision of, do I want to go with the biggest baby face, or do I want to go and try to build up my women's division? So I feel like with where I'm at in the draft and what's on the board, uh, I'm still going to end up with a strong uh, initial woman to draft coming back. So I will take Cody Rhodes here. I got to sell the merch. I got to have him coming out there. So what do you guys want to talk about? I need to have Cody Rhodes. I need to have that strong. So I feel like I'm, I'm building a very strong men's division with Sammy KO and Cody so far on Friday nights on Fox. So I will point out, and we'll talk about it more later, the new WWE belt. That means Cody not chasing Roman in your world. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, that, that's okay. I'm probably going to end up, well, so I'm on SmackDown. Well, the, the SmackDown belt's coming with, I, I get the new belt. So, yes, Cody's probably going to be the first one with the new World Heavyweight Championship, which I'm cool with. Sure. What a letdown. All right, so I'm going to go back-to-back here. I'm very torn also, you know, obviously the strong women's division. I do have to account for Roman not being there every week and sort of need a face of the company, a face of Monday night, and someone to ultimately challenge him. I'm going to go Rollins here because I think ultimately he can be the one to knock off Roman and be the champ. But if not, 
he's still there every week. He gets the crowd going with the music and things like that. There's a lot of storytelling left on that bone that they yes. they told that ended up in, in a DQ in I can't even remember what pay per view they they fought in. Was that Rumble last year? Like uh, sixteen months ago at this point. Yeah, I don't even know. I can't I can't, I, I can't remember what pay-per-view that was, but like the, the story up to it was very interesting. And I thought it was also interesting that they decided to go DQ finish. They went on and did some different things then with Roman, but they left that door wide open for Seth to come back. And if Seth ends up being the one, I would not be mad at that at all. So for me, for my third round pick, I'm booking off of that and also having someone there that can carry the load every week. I'm going Gunther. Let him be on TV every week. Let him just beat people up and ultimately let him challenge a face world champion. Like they're building him enough, building him up enough that ultimately he could beat Roman, but two heels doesn't really work there. So, so I'm clear. Uh, Reigns goes to SmackDown, correct? No, I'm doing Raw here. He's got raw. raw. I'm talking about, for, I'm talking about in this draft. Reigns is already. No, he has KO and Sammy. I have Roman. I got okay. Roman, Rollins, and Gunther so far on Raw. So you're setting up a Gunther-Roman scenario? And then eventually be Rollins. I think Rollins ultimately takes it off of Roman, and then you have Rollins and Gunther building towards that. Okay. I'm down with that. Um, I, I do have to figure out what I'm going with in terms of a heel at some point, but I, the fact that we've gone in the third round, and this may shock people with the, the first woman I am going to take. I think a lot of people would go the other way, but she's a lot younger. I think she has been the hottest women's act in WWE. I'm taking Rhea Ripley at number th as my third round pick. I'm taking because I think Rhea and, and the other thing, and, and this is not a bad thing for Bianca. I think Bianca has aspirations beyond WWE. And I think she should have aspirations beyond WWE because I think she's a superstar. But if I'm building this just for my wrestling brand for SmackDown on Friday nights, I think I have to lean towards Rhea Ripley and what she has been doing. Okay, she's 24, 25 years old still. Like, that's unbelievable how young she is. And now she is a women, like, the, to me, she is, on, it, it, it's kind of gone back and forth between her and Bianca, who's been that top women's act over the last six months or so, with Rhea as the champion. Like, it was electric when she was having the stare down with Solo Sokoa of all people. Like, she is such a badass. She is staring down the enforcer of the hottest act in professional wrestling, and people were eating it up. Rhea Ripley is my third round pick. And having said that, just for the idea that we mentioned about Cody and the merch, I need Bianca for the merch. She's one of the best yeah. baby faces in the company. I got to go with Bianca Belair. Uh, and again, how long do I have her? You know, three years, maybe. All I'm saying is that you can get new matches from her. Actually, I think Bianca's doing some of her best work over the last five, six months. You see her lately on Raw. Mm -hmm. And she, I mean, she was working it out, man. She did. It was against somebody in uh, Bailey's group that she wrestled like two weeks ago. Uh, uh, she wrestled um, Dakota, not EO. Dakota yeah, Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, yeah. Dakota, really yeah. good match. Really good match. Uh, so I'm gonna go because I need the merchandise. Uh, if she's an ultimate baby face, I'm going with Bianca Belair with my third pick for NXT. Okay. And I think that could help her because, like, she is still so young and, like, is still carrying the brand the way she is. Like, maybe it would help her to sort of get an NXT run because I don't remember much of her NXT, if at all. Like, she was post-black and yellow, right? 
Yes, I'm trying to determine. I don't know if she won the championship there or not. Let me look that up. I don't remember being NXT champion. Gets me a little either. murky toward the end of the Triple H era. Got a little murky at the end. Um, I'm but, assuming yeah. she. I'm assuming she was women's champ at one time down there. I, I just. And again, like when as toward the end of the black and gold brand in the reboot of NXT 2.0, I was not paying as close of attention. And yeah. that had a lot to do with AEW and you just run out of, you know, wrestling bandwidth of how much you can watch week in and week out. But I'm guessing she had to have been. You because again, look, like look at now that. Cage match, only Raw and SmackDown women's champ. Wow. That's that's amazing because like to me, the EST gimmick, which she still has obviously now, only kind of works if you are coming off that brand as the champion. But that's even, I guess, a bigger credit to her that she's been able to make that work despite not being the champ at the NXT level. Snake draft? You. Okay, so uh, Bel Air and uh, will need an opponent. So I'm drafting with the number four pick, Bailey. Oh, there's, okay. There's something going on here with Bailey in that I don't know if she's with the WWE for the long haul. You saw her show up in New Japan and I, and just as a fan, and I just thought that that was a little odd. I just know that's not like the WWE under Triple H. I guess it's okay, but it just feels like Bailey, since returning, is still searching. We remember her at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, and it was so great to see her back. She's with this new faction. It was hot, different, you know. And I just feel like you know, on social media and just the way she comes across, it's not as dynamic as I thought she was going to be on her return. So something fresh for Bailey. I like Bailey as my number four pick. Whew. Well, remember also in terms of Bailey, like you've always talked about Cody sort of being the Pied Piper going to Raw and talking to AEW people saying, hey, it's not too bad over here. On the flip side, like maybe someone like Mercedes is telling Bailey that. Like, you know what? It's a lot better out here. It's a lot better not in the WWE. It's a lot better being able to wrestle in Japan. So you have to think about stuff like that. So it's coming back to me. And just kind of taking a look up and down this board, trying to figure out what exactly I want to do. And I think I have to go with another woman. And I think I'm going to go with one of the hottest acts over WWE over the past four or five years. You need someone for Rhea to feud with. And, and she's still Tamina. the man. I'm taking, <laughs> I am going to take, just because I'm trying to figure out what exactly, like I've got a good heel in, in Rhea. I'm trying to figure out. I, I don't want to take. I'm not going to lie to you guys. All right, I don't want to take Austin Theory. All right, if you want to take him, like feel free. All well, right, like Austin. <laughs> Austin Theory is like probably, I guess, in terms of like right now, the top heel left on the board. Um, at least for one. At least for one that's going to be there full time. Because obviously, there's another name there that just turned back to a heel. Um, that's not going to be a full time person. And I, I like the thought of building my brand around people who are going to be stars that people can connect to week in and week out. I will take Becky Lynch as my fourth round pick. Rebecca so I've also got to go. Go ahead. Rebecca Quinn. Is she still Rebecca available? Quinn, yes. yes. <laughs> She's still with the company? Rebecca? Yeah, as far as I know. Until, until I see that future Endeavor email, I am going to put her on my roster. Okay. So that's it. Like, I haven't drafted a woman yet. I definitely need someone there. To me... Charlotte is the only answer here, even though like she doesn't connect for me. I don't think she's really as good as the other horsewomen, but I think in this situation, with everyone else being off the board, need someone to carry that women's division. I think a heel Charlotte is sort of where I need to go here for my fourth pick. Let me tell you something, bro. It's you beggars can't be choosers. You got the crap sandwich out of all three of us. <laughs> I got the next generation or those that need a little bit of a, a pick me up. 
He's got the best show in SmackDown, and you got to entertain and do jazz hands for right. three hours. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't turn down anything at, at, for Raw. You need to keep people in. And you got Kevin Patrick as a play-by-play guy. Yeah, you yeah. need talent in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so oh off those lines, to oh have my, my jazz hands, to have someone to build around that you can just throw out there where you have Guther going out every week just beat people up, I'm going Montez Ford. I know we've talked about him a lot and seen oh. the potential and seeing something there. Let him be that young star that you build up and say, all right, one day, maybe he's the champ. You put money in the bank on him or something. So I got to go Montez Ford at five. I would not be shocked to see, by the way, Tez winning money in the bank with the new World Heavyweight Championship coming up with what they're doing over in Saudi and crowning a new uh, World Heavyweight Champion. Like that to me would make a ton of sense. And that's, we'll get to the belt. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted about a lot of different things right now in WWE, but it, it opens up the idea of someone like a Montez Ford being that next guy instead of throwing it on Austin Theory and having him challenge for the United States Championship, which then he gets another United States Championship match two weeks later. Like the whole thing with Money in the Bank last year just did not make a ton of sense sense um so i still need a heel to you know either i turn sammy and ko cody's gonna be a baby face forever so i am going to draft somebody i'm not quite sure when he is going to return but i think when he does he is going to be a great foil for cody rhodes I am taking AJ Styles as my fifth round pick. I think AJ has the versatility of being able to connect people as a babyface, but he does great heel work. He can put on great work in the ring, cut that great promo that you're looking for, and I think him and Cody can have a long, long feud uh, for the top championship on my brand, which is that new, not-so-great-looking World Heavyweight Championship. Think about that, those two names, right? Years ago, would you ever think TNA's AJ Styles and Cody Rhodes, who could not get over in WWE, could be a match? That is a fantastic matchup. Now you look at it in 2023 eyes, you can put that at the top of the card. That can go around the loop because that's going to be an excellent match. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bang. Mm-hmm. You got two technically sound wrestlers, one babyface, one heel. You, you can go around the loop with that. That's a good match. Absolutely. And that's and look, I, I understand the other top heel there is probably Brock Lesnar right now, but I just I, I want to build my team around people that I know are going to be there week in and week out. Um, I think WWE fans have had to deal too much with part-time champions, which was another weird part of the promo that Triple H cut on Monday. <laughs> but we will, um, yeah. So that's that's I, I feel comfortable with my first five. On to uh, on to Mister Hood. Boy, you know, NXT, guys, and I'm, you see I'm not trying to, like, break your bank because I know that, you know, SmackDown and Raw, those are the two mm-hmm. most important brands. I'm just trying to shine up and try to um, kind of reboot some of this talent that's losing a lot uh, or, or don't get ring time or they're sitting back and catering or they're, like, on, you know, WWE main events or whatever where you can't <laughs> find. So, How does that still exist, by the way? Is it main event? Is it on? I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah. so. No, I just I, I saw a report about a couple of NXT wrestlers who appeared on main events because I think they I think they tape it before Raw starts on Mondays. So like they had a couple of people who appeared on main events that are NXT people, kind of signifying that maybe they're getting the call up to Raw soon or SmackDown and, and may or may not be a part of the draft. But it does still exist. I haven't seen it in years, <laughs> but I know it exists. I've seen reports about it existing. When you Google it, main event spoilers. I won't. Spoiler for everyone watching. I know how much you're locked in to watch main event whenever it airs. So I'm not going to read the spoilers, but it's there if you Google it. 
Yes, the, the Cedric Alexander show. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Raw this week. What else? Awesome. He's moving up and coming. Somebody had to lose. Four brothers in there. Somebody had to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Like, that's a hell of a match, right? I mean, yeah. Just, but you know who's going to lose that, you know. So <laughs> this is difficult, uh, Gabe, because, okay, there's a lot of people on here that just don't get enough. Like, I can go Liv Morgan. I can go Drew McIntyre. I can go L.A. Knight. But I, don't, but I wouldn't do that to you two because if you needed L.A. Knight, it looks like he's on the come slowly, right, mm-hmm. so far. Well, so he's not the jobber he was when he first got there. So I won't do that. Whew. I'm leaning Ricochet. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, like, that's kind of like, because what's he doing on Raw or SmackDown, Ricochet? What's he doing? Well, his, his tag team partner, I believe, is out with a concussion right now. But they've, they've made an interesting tag team out of a real-life tweet from Braun Strowman about the Flippy Flippers. Um, so they've made an interesting tag team at times and they, they won the showcase, right? They were the ones who yeah. won the showcase at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with those two. It actually is an aesthetically pleasing looking team because both ball, both with the beard. Mm-hmm. So you don't yeah. know who, who, who's who. Um, it's like, yeah. 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 Like, I, yeah, I see Ricochet getting confused with Braun Strowman all the time. <laughs> all yes. the time. Absolutely. Like two mass wrestlers. It's amazing. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll go with those two. If Braun Strowman returns, part control your narrative. He's come back to do what? Nothing. Nothing. He lets Ricochet stand on his shoulder. That's a pretty cool move. So, so I'm going to go with those two. Those two need a little bit of a reboot. I think they can have some good tag team matches together. We know they can do singles, but I'm going to use those two. They're not doing anything in Raw and SmackDown. I can use them in NXT. All right. Are we going uh, to? Are we stay? taking a wild card? Yeah. It's, so I think we got a wild card round here to close it out. Watch this. This is going to blow Gabe's mind. Watch this, bro. It's ready. Okay. The alternate or my extra pick, Logan Paul. Ah, see, I thought <laughs> I see. I was I was worried you were going to take my guy. I thought luckily now my guy's there. I'm excited yeah. for my guy. Wow, Logan Paul. Listen, I don't need him for every card. He can just nope. talk and piss people off. Yep, so that's I've true. A, I've, I've got a mega heel with major heat every time he takes the mic. He doesn't have to be on every Tuesday night, but he's going to talk and talk and talk his way into whatever you know live event that we're going to have, or you know because they don't do pay per view. So whatever live event they have, so Logan Paul can wrestle for me four to six times a year and talk the rest of the time. Major nuclear heat because no one likes him. So I'm sure that is Yeah, no, that's that's a great. If he had my guy not been there, I probably would have gone that way. But I'm taking the biggest star who loves WWE, and he's got his own match coming up in Puerto Rico next weekend. I am taking Bad Bunny as my wild card pick. There is not a bigger that's superstar internationally <laughs> that loves WWE. Who else? Is going to sell WWE better than Bad Bunny. I got Bad Bunny as my wild card. Logan Paul. That's the end. The <laughs> so that match is coming, right? We're going to get Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, right? We're getting oh, that. Please. please. I think so, yeah. That'd be sick. I'd be into it. <laughs> What's happening well, with I, this? Oh, my God. I mean, I got to finish it with a celebrity also. I mean, every time he shows up, he produces ratings. It might not be great in ring. And honestly, I'd say he might be worse than Logan Paul and Bad Bunny. But give me John Cena. Like, when he shows up and it's an event, it's a big moment when he's there. He's a celebrity guy. It's a movie star. Give me Cena. (laughs) 
What's up, kid? I hope you win, John. Not tonight. I'm losing tonight. I'm losing tonight. Austin Theory losing tonight. <laughs> Uh, so just quickly recap, Team Raw for us, Brian. Roman Reigns, Seth frickin' Rollins, Gunther, Charlotte, Montez Ford, and John Cena. Uh, my team that I put together for SmackDown, I started with Sammy and KO. I went with Cody Rhodes, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, and AJ Styles, with my wild card being the international superstar, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. NXT, the brand new NXT, the brand new, away from the Jenny Jones studios, <laughs> you know, back, you know, just get back to where it used to be, you know, dark, you know, you get, you know, get the yellow, you get the yellow, you know, and the black and gold. I like Solo Sokoa, Chad Gable, Bianca Belair, Bailey, Ricochet and Braun, and Logan Paul. Now, again, I didn't go for like the top, top superstars because I didn't want to do that to you guys, but I just thought, hey, man, this place needs an infusion of talent that don't get utilized. And I left LA Knight on the board, Shinsuke Nakamura on the board. I really wanted to go with Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Where have they been? They've been nowhere. Well, two. they're, I mean, after, have we seen them on SmackDown since, so Shinsuke had his, well, Shinsuke had his comeback match, his yes. first match back. He won. And then there was like the tarot card with Shinsuke. They flipped the, like right after the match, they did a quick flipping of the, the hourglass and saying, hey, Shinsuke, your time's ticking. So it seemed like you wanted to challenge Shinsuke. I, I just don't think much has happened since then. So those names, also the other names that we left undrafted, the former tag champs, the Usos. No one picked the Usos. No one picked New Day. I, I really thought about New Day, but until... Like, it's just tough because without Big E, the, the yeah. WWE hasn't done much with those two. And obviously Kofi as well as he's out with injury. So I, I thought about both of those teams. I also thought about, as I mentioned, Brock Lesnar. Finn Balor went undrafted. Yeah. Our guy Johnny Gargano, Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, all these teams. Ronda Rousey all went undrafted. I'm surprised that the two of you – now, it, it doesn't fit for me because I'm NXT. But for you two, somebody somebody should have took the Usos. What but it's the WWE. Like we know what's going to happen with the tag team. Like they've sort of re like the only reason they main evented was because of KO and Sammy, which Gabe got. Like it's the WWE. Like tag team wrestling is what it is. It has its cap. Well, then somebody should have took Jay Uso. Then if, yeah, if you took Montez yeah, Ford, then somebody should have took Jay Uso. I it doesn't fit for me because I just no. got you know veterans that need a boost. Yeah, and and some good matches here, and it just you know them on that level taking on whatever they got there, it wouldn't work. So, so this is a good draft. We will wait and see how the WWE ends up drafting everybody again. That's going to start on Monday, continue into Friday, which just start like Friday, continue Monday. Oh, excuse me. Around. Yes, it starts Friday the other way around. Starts yeah. Friday into Monday, and then we'll have the Friday show before the pay per view. It's weird timing, <laughs> but you know here we are. Um, so, you know, good luck to you, Triple H. Speaking of Triple H, I think he may be mentioned here in our three counts. Well, he did have a big announcement on Monday night announcing a new WWE World title, which will go to the show that Roman Reigns is not drafted to. So, guys, who should be the new WWE World Champion, Constellation Prize Champion when the draft comes around? <sighs> All right, before I answer that question, <laughs> what the hell just happened? Uh-huh. So, like, 
the the big gold belt is so iconic. You decided to get rid of it, but now you bring back the world heavyweight championship, and then as an homage to it, it's still kind of the big gold belty. But then you just very gaudy put the WWE logo smaller on there. Like I just. I don't know. I don't like the look of it. I know some people do. I don't like the look of it. Um, I, I just don't like it. It's kind of like the new intercontinental belt. Like it mm-hmm. just doesn't do it for me. Like there's something that just doesn't grab my attention. Um, so I don't like the look of it. I also don't like Triple H maybe burying like, like to the point where like he went so hard against Roman. If I didn't know that Triple H was retired, I would think he would have been setting up a match for tri- for Triple H versus Roman. Like that's how hard he went into the paint against Roman Reigns. Like saying, "No, this isn't going to be a part-time champ and this isn't no somebody who's going to demand to be acknowledged. You guys are going to want to acknowledge him." He like went so hard against Roman. Dude, you're the one who booked this. You're the one who put yourself in this position. And now you're going to like it just did not make any sense. I don't know if he was trying to put Roman over, give Roman more heat. It just didn't, it did not come off right to me on Monday night, the way that they presented this. They, so, and, and also now I have questions. So is the WWE championship now just the universal championship? I know that probably only matters to wrestling nerds like us about the lineage of each championship, but I don't know, like, the, when you're telling the the story of history of wrestling, I feel like those lineages matter. Are you just getting rid of the WWE Championship? Yeah, does Roman have to carry around two belts now? Or do they only have one? They just pick one. Okay. Well, first of all, it was weird, as Gabe mentioned, for Triple H to say that about Roman Reigns, because you hadn't said that before. Nope. So, <laughs> so usually in that situation, bro, it's you build up to something, right? He wants to come out there because he rarely comes on the mic, Triple H. You rarely see him. So I was just thinking, like, in usually in wrestling nomenclature, a guy goes out there like a Vince or some, you know, random GM, runs down the champion, and the champion comes like, you got a problem with me being dual champion? Something like that. It just came out of nowhere, his thoughts on Roman Reigns. I'm also confused on that promo in Chicago because I'm thinking, okay, so – are you saying, and listen, let's start from the beginning. We're happy that the belts are split. We've been talking about this ad nauseum on the show. So the belts are split. The only thing is I don't understand is, is like, so is Roman the the universal champion? And what does that mean? Right. Does that still mean that he's going to be champion over a thousand days here? Or is that stopped because there's going to be a new WWE company champion? like Pedro Morales and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and Steve, Steve Austin and The Rock and all that. I don't know how that right, works. Because none of it's clear. Like The only thing that I pulled out of it was him saying, like, oh, yeah, our champion's not here, so we're going to make a new belt. So whatever show Roman does get drafted to, sorry, you guys don't have a world champion. And also sort of implying, like, well, no one can beat Roman, so here's a consolation prize. Like, none of it came off good. None of it's going to result in whoever wins that belt being like, all right, they're a star now. Well, that's what they did, though, the last time they tried to be incredibly serious about the brand split. When when Fox first yeah. came along and they had the shield, the, you know, the, the cool moment at Money in the Bank where you had each member of the shield held the championship. Roman came in as champ, Seth beat him, and then Dean Ambrose cashed in. And then you had the shield triple threat at the next pay-per-view, which was the final pay-per-view before the brand split. 
you know, when they were they were trying to be serious about that, and Dean went off to be on SmackDown, and that was then the creation of the Universal Championship because they needed something for Raw, so they created the Universal Championship. But I don't know that are those being folded into together because now you have three lineages, and right. the, the, the Heavyweight Championship was more or less folded in with the WWE Championship after they combined that. So now are you splitting that again? And again, this is probably something that's only interesting probably if you're listening to this podcast because you're a wrestling nerd like us, but... It's it's very unclear, and, and I think especially when you're talking about the WWE Championship, which is the championship, by the way, that Cody Rhodes has been pursuing. It's mm-hmm. the championship that was held by all those greats that you just heard, you know, that that we've we've rattled off here over the years on on GKW, like you know the Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold, like that was the championship they all fought for. So now is that being folded into the Universal Championship, which also gets folded in with the World Heavyweight Championship coming from WCW? Like, I just, it seems very confusing. And look, I'm with you. I'm glad that they found a way to split it. I just feel like maybe there was a better way to do it. And especially if you talk about Cody and the story he's been telling and the story they've been telling us, that's the belt he wants, that's the belt he wants. If Cody ends up winning this belt, like, what are you doing? Like, how does that make sense? That's not a payoff at all. Cody, I don't think Cody ends up with this belt. I think Cody ends up as the same brand as Roman. I think that's I the. So. I think that's kind of the payoff. I think Seth Rollins. To answer the question that's on the bottom of the screen, who should be the new WWE champ? I think it's Seth Rollins. Okay, I mean, because here's what I'm thinking: as we talk about this, if it's if Cody's trying to go after Roman, and again, who knows if Cody and Roman's going to be on the same, mm-hmm. if they're going to be in the same show. And the other thing is, in the back of my mind, is still Vince. Vince pretty much wrote half the show uh, for WWE Raw in Chicago. Does he want Brock to have the title? I don't know the answer to that. No, seriously. (laughs) If Vince is still involved, he's going to want Brock to be the champion. And and so this comes down also to what we talked about about a year ago. Guys, if Roman's the champion, stack up the contenders. Is that good? Is that Drew McIntyre? Is that Brock? Who who is We've seen that? all that already though? They've done that, and like Triple H is saying that, like, hey, we threw everyone at him, no one won, like, so here's another Wait. one. You cannot put this championship on Brock after the promo that Triple H just cut. You can't say that you're not going to put it on a tri- – I mean, you pretty much just said you're not going to put this championship on a part-timer. You're going to put it on someone who is going to be there week in and week out to potentially defend their championship. You cannot put this on Brock. And if they do, Vince McMahon should be fired again. Again. Again, fiery. <laughs> well, just, I, all I'm telling you is, is that – this championship, it is true, is confusing. But here's the promo that should have been cut. Triple H on the mic and just saying, you know what? Here's what we've decided. Fox wants Roman Reigns on their show, and Roman can go wherever he wants to go. So in this draft, Roman Reigns is excluded from this draft. Fox wants Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a champion. He can go wherever he wants. Fox wants him. He's going. Now, for you at Raw, you're saying, well, what about me? What about, what about a champion for us? Well, we have a championship for you because you deserve to have a champion that's going to be on this show. You've got the Intercontinental Champion over there on SmackDown. And Raw, you deserve a champion. So we're going to unveil this championship. And on Night of Champions, we will we will crown a new WWE Raw champion. Just do it that way. Keep it simple that's because that's how you do it. Don't try to run down Roman and say, well, he's beating everybody and all that. It should have just been like, Raw, you don't have a champion. 
and so yep. and, and Roman's going to SmackDown because that's where he wants to go. So here's your championship opportunity. That's how you do it. I want to be excited about this because of what I just mentioned with Tez. Like, it opens up doors. Because I don't, I don't see Montez Ford, if he wins Money in the Bank, he's not going to challenge Roman Reigns and beat Roman Reigns. Right. It's just not. But if Tez wins Money in the Bank, ooh, okay, maybe the World Heavyweight Championship is in play for him. And I think there are a couple of guys on that list as well where things could get interesting for them. However, it's all about, it's just like anything else in professional wrestling, it's about how you present it. The way this was presented was like, oh, we're out of ideas and we need a new champion on the show. So here we go. World Heavyweight Championship. That's the way it came off to me. Well, so that's the thing. Like, my mind went there of trying to stay optimistic. When they created the Universal title, we got Finn as a world champion. Obviously, injuries derailed that, but we got Finn as a world champion. Which, But then KO was right after that. KO was right after that. And eventually it got into the WWE mold of like, oh, well, let's just put it on Goldberg. So my mind immediately went to <laughs> maybe, maybe it's someone that isn't going to be in the world title picture. It's a chance to push them up. This name might upset you more than Brock, but like put it on someone like Theory. Like as a heel champion, he's going to be there every week and like just let him go and try things that way. Like just something different. I want to have if I'm going to put a championship on somebody, he's got to be able to draw. Theory, okay, well, I want like that's not a drawing champion. He just isn't. As a he heel, isn't. as like a smarmy heel, and they're chasing him, and he beat Cena at Mania, like maybe. Oh, the Cena Mania thing. Okay, now we're going <laughs> Cena Mania. Now we're gonna vault him over. To- Why don't I just bring Fandango back? He beat uh, tr- you know Chris Jericho at Mania. Put it on Fandango. Why? Why not? Get people he going. He's over. Impact, I think. He's over. God, so a new draft right idea. Now. Top five guys should have this new championship. <laughs> so on that list is Drew McIntyre. That's right? fine. Uh, Shinsuke Sheamus. Nakamura. I put Sheamus. Shinsuke on that list. Sheamus on that list. Um, uh, do you give Ed? Well, you can't put it on Edge. He's a part-timer. He's leaving well, soon. What yeah. about a real run for Kofi? <laughs> or what? Oh. Now you're speaking my language. Or Xavier. Why why not Xavier? I'm fine with that. that, Like, I'd be cool with Xavier. He found his balls somehow in that promo I just saw on social media about him and Gunther. He's just like, I want my another opportunity to be the Canel champion. I'm like, no trombone? What? No anything? (laughs) No, no, no little uh the hair's braided, he means business. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sure, I'm fine with that. I need a drawing champion, though. It just well, makes me think that this will be Vince's champion for whatever reason because it's yeah. on Raw. God, then it's gonna be then it's gonna be freaking Brock Lesnar. Congrats, Brock. Brock versus Taker at the Rumble uh, for this title. I just think it's it's very clumsy, very murky because I don't know what this champion is supposed to be. You ultimately said without saying it. Hey, you know, Roman's so dominant that this champion at the United Champions, this will be some secondary champion. Good luck. Well, and tip of the cap, I guess, to WWE for making you more interested probably in Night of Champions because, again, we've talked about the Saudi shows. Whenever they go over yeah. there, they seem very skippable. Um, this one will not be because well, they're going to be getting a new heavyweight champ. But don't you have to have Roman on that show? So they've already, I don't know if it was on purpose, but that's day 1,000. So does Roman have to defend that night? Oh, no, he doesn't have to defend. 
We'll see. You're going to mention that it's in a thousand, like as opposed to having a moment of like, oh, he wins again. He's a thousand days as champ. Like, so I mean, who? I guess who would who would he be defending against? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are they still are they still going to do King and Queen of the Ring tournaments leading up to this? Does he just like so. squash? Does he? That. Does he just squash whoever wins King of the Ring? Him and Bad Bunny and Saudi. Triple H sucks. <laughs> oh, that's it out loud. Sorry. <laughs> it's a, but it's just this. This is but the, but the waters, but Hood, the, the, the waters are so murky. Like, I don't know if this is a Triple H thing. I don't know if it's a Vince thing. I know Triple I know Triple H was run out there, so we, it's to seem like it's his thing. <laughs> but he could just be the human meat shield for Vince McMahon pulling the strings behind him. He, he wrote half a Raw in Chicago, uh, Vince. Uh, again, remotely, he did not show up. He did it from Connecticut somewhere. So I don't know. But, but again, the bottom line is we got what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, to, we got what we wanted. I can't complain about that. Now, let's talk briefly about the belt. I have no problem with the championship. I don't. I, but people on social at GKW underscore wrestling is like, what about the big gold belt? It's like, well, if you're looking for it, it's in Triple H's office. That's what yeah. it is. It's on, well, it's this on is, a mantle. I mean, it, no it, it's an belt. homage. It's an homage, certainly, to the big gold belt. I feel it has similar characteristics other than, like, make the W. If you're going to put the WWE logo on there, just make it bigger. Like it just seems like they it just seems like they went, Oh crap, we need a new belt. Um well what if we just put the WWE logo on the big gold belt but made it just kind of tiny and small? Like just make it bigger. Just have that same big gold belt, but have the WWE logo the way it is on the Universal and the Heavyweight Championship. Or the, the WWE Championship. You can still have that logo and to me have the homage. It just it, it looks too much like the Intercontinental Championship, to be honest with you. It looks very similar, and I think you want some distinguishing features between the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion and your heavyweight champion, but that's just me. Fair. I didn't know we had belt marks on the show. We should have a belt show if we're going to talk about that. Top, <laughs> top five belts, that's interesting. I didn't. I, I look at it as like, it's fine. You know, It's not over the top, but I didn't expect Ric Flair's belt. Because what's going on? No, you don't need Ric Flair's belt on any of those. Well, no, because and 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 you want to be. They have clearly gone with the branding if they want the WWE logo more front and center. Which is, I'm surprised that they haven't redone the tag team belts because those have been ugly as sin for God knows how long. Yeah, but uh, like you know, oh, let's fight for the gold. Well, one's bronze, one's silver, so I don't know what we're fighting for here. But, um, but I'm surprised they don't have the WWE logo more front centering in those tag team championships. But that's what it is. The, the, the belts are always a branding ploy. The belts have the big WWE logo so you can send them to whatever team wins the championship so they can be parading around with the WWE logo. Like, I get that part of it. I get having the WWE logo on it. I just think they could have. It seemed like it was a rush job and someone just like dragged over the intercontinental logo WWE and put it on this belt. Yeah. All right, elsewhere in the three count, the other big news out of Monday happened backstage by a certain visitor, not Jay Hood. CM Punk, CM Punk. CM Punk backstage at Monday Night Raw before reportedly being asked to leave by WWE security per Vince McMahon. So how big of a deal is CM Punk backstage at Raw? (sighs) Why? Like, like, the decision-making of this man continues to just baffle the hell out of me. Like, why would you post like you're, you know, you're starting like things are starting to look good. 
things are starting to progress towards you coming back. So then you decide to throw out an Instagram post or on your Instagram story, burying Jericho and John Moxley. Like, okay, why the hell are you doing that? That's terrible decision-making Phil. And now you're just going to be, because you, and as the reports go, he was flying back to his home in Chicago from Florida, ran into some WWE talent. And then last second just decided to pop on over. Um, like this is just baffling decision making. Like I don't, I don't understand w- why you're making the decisions you're making, and it just, it does not make any sense to me. It, 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 it seemed like he had a good time. It seemed like he had good interactions with everyone. Even talked to Hunter, like yeah. it, uh, who reportedly I, was very shocked by it as well. So he didn't know this was well, yeah. Like like you Triple H, you're showing up to run a three hour show that your father in law just decided needed to rewrite half of it. You know four hours before the show. And then you walk in and Phil Brooks is standing right there. Like this dude hasn't been associated with your company since 2014. Hasn't been in the arena since like 2014. He's buried your company at every turn, except for the brief window. He worked for Fox. And even then he kind of buried your company, including the Miz. And then all of a sudden he's showing up backstage. Like I I just, it's, it's, it's dumbfounding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the reason why it's dumbfounding is I thought there was going to be a reconciliation in AEW. I'm sure this was a surprise to Tony Khan, too, correct? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. there's supposed to be some kind of, you know, we were speculating CM Punk in Chicago, the United Center, for uh-huh. AEW, maybe him in Wembley. Somehow they get this together, and all of a sudden he shows up in WWE. That's funny. Phil said he hated Triple H. Yep. I remember that that long, long podcast he did with his former friend, Colt Cabana, about how much Triple H was just a stooge. And couldn't take him. And then, like, you're showing up there because why? It just, it just, Chicago, of course. What else? It was the only option. If if I'm Tony Khan, I'm putting a call in, like, so are we doing business or not? Like, why are you stopping at Raw? Like, I understand it's a Wild West now, right? It's it's the whole thing where if you're an AEW talent, you can go to WWE show, vice versa. You go to New Japan, go to the Indies. It's wide open now. You can go see shows. But just weird that. Hey, maybe you could have got coffee or maybe like a lunch with one of those WWE talents that's not used in catering, like Tamina. It was like right. him and Tamina are like in the parking lot. Yeah. I'm like, well, she's not being utilized, so you can talk to her. That's fine. But just the idea that you want to have a face to face because you want to get back in, like, hold on. There's a lot of mending fences for him to even be interested in WWE. First, it starts with Vince. That's number mm-hmm. one. But number two, it's Triple H. It's everything else that goes along. I'm not even sure how he fits in WWE outside of just an attraction. So I just, <laughs> if I'm Tony Khan, I've lost all control of this thing because you're still in the contract with AEW. So where are you going? Weird. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he could have just not gone, and that would have been fine. Like, <laughs> And yeah. that's the thing. Like, I've seen some reports like, oh, it's a publicity stunt to promote him coming back and doing AEW. But to me, this does more harm to AEW than good because now all of a sudden I was like, oh, he wants to go back. He wants to, you know, reconcile with Hunter. He wants to go back there and mend fences. Like, this doesn't do any good for AEW. I mean, he, in his opening AEW promo, he buried WWE. That wasn't that long ago, right? Like, that wasn't about, you know, how when he left ROH, he left professional wrestling. And the lawsuits, like, all the lawsuits between him and the company, like, just don't go. Like it's pretty simple. I, I, it's it's, I, I like CM Punk. I think he makes professional wrestling better. Mm-hmm. If I am Tony Khan, if I am Vince McMahon, if I am Triple H, 
I don't know if I go into business with this guy because he's a he's a loose cannon. He's a I don't fascinating know he's, human being. I don't know what he's going to do. And he, he like we we we've got an interview coming up here right after we're done talking about this. We talked with Jeff Jarrett earlier this week, and Jeff Jarrett points out to me, the non-Jeff Jarrett guy on the panel, <laughs> that a I'm a slappy. B yep. um, he he makes a good great point about connecting with the audience. And when CM Punk is in those between those ropes, he is connected with anyone. He is connected with the audience as good as anyone in the past ten years of professional wrestling. He's done a tremendous job of it, and he's got a huge fan base and support because of it. But if I'm if I'm cutting him checks, if I'm writing him checks, and I can't trust him, like. Yeah, you might be able to make money for me, but at the same time, like you're you're also causing a huge headache for me. Like it's just, I I would not I, I would be so conflicted if I was Tony Khan about putting, and and maybe wheels are in motion, and maybe it's too late because I know um, Dave Meltzer and there was some other place that reported before Dave that it's going to be a two hour show on Saturdays for AEW, and supposedly that's going to be the I mean Meltzer didn't report, but everyone's putting the pieces together if that's going to be the Punk show because they're going to debut it at the United Center, much like they did with Rampage. Um, but I I would have a lot of hesitations right now of working with CM Punk. But we see it in sports all the time. Like, the talent level determines how much, you know, management's willing to deal with. And the talent level with him is drawing fans and getting eyes on your product. So it's accepted. And he gets away with stuff like this. No one, like, there's been those random moments. Like, Ricky Starks was backstage, and there was a picture of him with Cody. And, like, he had a little pushback. But, like... This would not be okay if it was anyone else. Like, it's just because it is him. He gets away with stuff like this, and he knows it. And this is different because I know um, – um, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Charlotte's husband. Um, Andrade. Andrade. And Andrade showed up at the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And he's, for all by all accounts, still under contract with WWE. But, like, his wife is there. His father-in-law is inducting somebody else. Like, I feel that's so different being in attendance for a Hall of Fame wrestling thing versus showing up backstage before everybody else to talk with the t- Like, I just feel like there yeah, is a wide demarcation there. Agreed, because wasn't it like a Cena celebration? Like, Jericho and Brian, like, recorded videos for. Yes. Yeah. So, like, that's something where, like, it's on screen. Like, everyone's on the same page. Like, this, I feel like, blindsided everyone on Monday. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the first thing you think about, guys, is, well, he's working us, right? Working us as mm-hmm. fans. And I'm thinking, well, where's the work? Not right. where's the lie. That's different. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Bobby Where's Christmas. the lie? No, hi, hi, it, hi. It's not that. Where's the lie is different than where's the work, right? Because I, I was thinking, okay, so if you're working us, what, what are you working? Like, right. What's hey, the payoff? CM, CM Punk could be at WWE. He could be over here in AEW. He's a wild card. You never know. Okay. So there's internet buzz. And not, so now what? And what are you getting with CM Punk? Either company, right? If you're AEW, WWE, what are you getting? Okay. So you get a guy that's got a, a fire promo and a one-off for a match because you don't know after that match if he's going to get hurt or not. Now you got an older, in, uh, injury-prone Punk. That's maybe a little tough to say, but it's true in AEW because they overworked him. Mm-hmm. And he was not kept special. When I talked to Jim Ross about it, he said, if they keep Phil special, he could be really good for us. But then again, here he is on Rampage, you know, you know, taking on just random guys. And it's like, okay, the, that doesn't work. He should just been kept special. But because he's injury prone and because he has a good promo, what's the real worth there? And merch. Really? Yeah, what, merch. What, what, merch. And merch. You just said it. Merch and viewers. Like your viewership's going to go up. You're going to sell a bunch of merch. That's the value of, of CM Punk. 
But if he's not being utilized, if he's not like a, a commentator, he's in the back and he's pissing people off. He's helping people, but also pissing people off. And so everyone's not going to like you, but just the way that wrestlers like Hangman Page and others talked about him and cut with a knife those promos against Punk, I think there's some people that don't like him there. And I think I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze in that spot. I, yeah, I, I'm starting a third show, splitting the roster for AEW. If that's what you have to do to have CM Punk, I don't know if that's worth having CM Punk. And maybe, and maybe Punk also knows that, and is just trying to start men fences. So whenever that AEW contract does run out, he actually does have other options. Hey. If he's if if he has been bitten by the professional wrestling bug and he wants to be around it again, maybe. But there's there are some changes he has to make. Well, listen. We come from a company that's about culture before everything else. So that's why it might be a disconnect for the three of us to be like, uh-huh. this rabble rouser, this guy is in here. Like, he can, is he worth it? Money-wise, maybe. Ratings-wise, maybe. But as far as, like, in-ring and then getting along with teammates, not so much in AEW. Like, and it, again, this pains me as a CM Punk fan to be talking yeah. about this. Like, like, I'm a huge CM Punk fan when he gets in the ring. I was super excited and could not wait for that rampage when he returned. I was so incredibly excited. I was drawn to him in his time in WWE. And, it, but he just keeps, I don't even say opening his mouth because he doesn't really say anything publicly other than <laughs> like the, the social media posts. But he just like, just continues to make this incredibly difficult you can be like hey i'm really sorry hey i lost my cool shouldn't have done this but then when you continue to do stupid stuff on your apology tour like (laughs) yeah what are we doing it just and it stinks because he he could be so good for professional wrestling yes um as we as i just mentioned we did have an opportunity to catch up with Double J, Jeff Jarrett uh, with AEW down in Florida. Had a lot of fun talking about him, about the past, the present, the future of professional wrestling. And here is our conversation with AEW's Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) We are excited here on GKW and Good Karma Wrestling to welcome in our next guest. He has wrestled all over the world, but he is wrestling on Wednesday night in Sunrise. So if you happen to be down in Florida, go check him out with AEW Dynamite coming uh, to Sunrise. He is Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. It's been about six-ish months, six, seven months since you've uh, debuted in AEW. How would you say your time in AEW has treated you so far? Well, listen up, Slappy. Uh, I just got to get right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. I, I'm digging the name of the show. How did we come up with that? We'll get to your first question. But I'm going to run this interview because that's how the last time start with the question. How, how did we come up with Good Karma Wrestling? So the parent company of the radio stations we all work at and a handful of others that this airs on is called Good Karma Brands. So it just made sense to us that this is the wrestling show for Good Karma Brands, so we become Good Karma Wrestling, GKW. But as far as the AEW question, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's hard, hard to believe. Uh, six uh, kicked it off in November, and really things haven't slowed down. I'm... Uh, and, uh, you know, at this stage of my career, uh, I can assure you, I never thought I'd be the ring uh, tomorrow night uh, live on TV. Yes, but uh, I, I'm taking it just like I have done my entire career. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I am focused and uh, looking forward 
forward to uh, being a part of everything tomorrow night. Jeff, one of the reasons you were also brought into AEW is, is lead this house show push. Why do you think the house shows that you guys have started, you've done a handful now, why is that going to be so important to AEW? You know, at the end of the day, it's it's not just AEW specific. Any promotion, it, it, you know, uh, the live event business, again, I'm, I'm third generation. So uh, I, I've kind of understand the DNA and the model and how it's evolved through the years. But at the end of the day, the wrestling industry is is a promotional business and there's no better way to create a marketing initiative is by taking your product on the road you know the easiest analogy that i've always given is is the music industry to go out on tour you you have to get into these and that's why you know strategically we're going to go into you know the pay-per-views are obviously the bigger markets uh dynamites are, are, are you know the top a and b uh markets across the country uh, house rules events are going to be CNT, but it's a marketing initiative first and foremost. And not only that, it's letting the consumer, uh, the fan, be able to touch your product in ways that they can't do uh, at, at a dynamite, at a pay per view. Uh, and at the top of, end of the day, is guys getting reps, getting experience, uh, creating uh, you know uh, their character. So character development, uh, a marketing initiative, obviously it goes without saying. It's a revenue. Uh, you know, d done smart. Uh, you know, it, it's a revenue generator. It, it gives people to uh, the opportunity, and I always call it touch points of a brand. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, with the pandemic included, you know, we're still just uh, rounding out our fourth year. That's relatively young in the, you know, if you want to call it the brand building business. Uh, and so, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic, uh, the brand uh, just essentially took up where it left off, uh, which is to me uh, a testament to everyone involved. And, and now that things are up and running and the house rules and you just kind of look at our slumber and what's lined up. And yes, you know, we've only actually done one Troy, Ohio, and we're going to be in Salem, Virginia and Corbin, Kentucky and Huntsville, Alabama and, and Tupelo, Mississippi. But when you kind of look uh, at, at the rest of the summer uh, of where the, the brand is, is traveling, going out to Calgary, uh, there is just so many moving parts to the brand, and, and I've already referenced Wembley Stadium. So um, there, there is just a, a, a lot of growth in the brand, but the House Rules event, first and foremost, there are multiple reasons to do it, and I kind of referenced the three main ones. Jeff, what is the similarities in TNA under your leadership and what AEW is doing as far as uh, booking, the philosophy, and the star power? You know, I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys, Good Karma Russell, because <laughs> that right there, my friend, is a loaded question. Uh, and look, and yeah. I, res I, I respect the, the, the fact out of that. But look, that's for, and I mean this out of sin true sincerity, that's for the critics. That's for the journalists. That's for you guys to create content. That's your job. You tell me. Uh, at the okay. end of the day, creative is subjective and always has been and always will be. Bottom lines are not subjective. Okay. Well, Jeff, I would just say as a fan of yours, when you when you and your dad were putting together TNA, you want to get yourself a television deal. You want to have uh, stars and also wrestlers to give them an opportunity to wrestle. You put them on a main stage, just like what's happening in AEW. And I'm saying is, is that there's a, the, the philosophy seems the same, where you're trying to be able to create uh, an alternative brand and be successful in it. That was my question. Like I, to me, it, it, I was asking what the, the process was to be able to put that together, like what Tony Khan's doing. It's it, it, and look at the end of the day, 
you knew, um, you, you kind of know the platform. What I love above anything with my entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, the alternative brand, the challenger brand, however you want to cachet it. The wrestling industry thrives, not just when there's competition, but I would love to see two, three, four other that that's what kind of makes our industry. I'm I, I love it when a lucha libre promotion enters into the U.S. or a Japanese promotion enters into the market space because rising tide uh, truly does lift all ships. And you know, giving folks and when you're looking at uh, what, what's he- headed in the direction and all the four pillar talk of uh, of those talent, it's unbelievable. It's nothing better for the industry for new stars to be developed. Uh, and, and look, I'm saying that from a guy who's two-time Hall of Famer and been around 37 years. There's nothing like getting fresh blood in the industry. Dynamite and Rampage come to FLA Live Arena tomorrow night here in Sunrise. Jay Hood's usually our historian on the show, but for you, what does it mean to be wrestling in Florida and coming to town tomorrow night? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that's a, it, it's it, You know, I've, I've been wrestling there a, a long, long time. And, you know, going back to the territory days, my father – uh, his his main mentor was Eddie Graham, obviously there from in, in Tampa. But, um, you know, it, it is something that there are so many different, quote unquote, hotbeds of professional wrestling. But Florida has always been kind of legendary uh, in that. And look, many a show I have performed, my first intercontinental title was one right up the road in Tampa. Uh, so, no, to, to be there, but, you know, to be on a global broadcast uh, on TBS uh, it, it, it is very cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm facing what I think is one half uh, of the hottest tag team in wrestling. And, and so I got my work cut out, but he has his work cut out as well. So I'm really looking forward to stepping into the ring. What are your thoughts? It seems like right now in professional wrestling, factions continue to grow. You are wrestling in a faction. It seemed like that went away for a little while. Obviously, you still had tag teams, but within AEW, having trios championships, having all these factions interact with one another, what do you think that does for professional wrestling? It is it is something, and you kind of referenced it, you know, the ebb and flow of the industry. Um, it's, it's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, I think in the late 90s, there was a little... Um, I guess you got to say resurgence, but it's been around the territories days. Uh, and, you know, in my home territory, it was Jimmy Hart's first family. So there have been factions and groups and all that, but it's all about storytelling and, and they create a platform uh, for you to have a breakout star of a faction, uh, create a, a, a platform where it's faction against faction. And then somebody can double cross. It's very, very healthy. Uh, but I think at the very top of the, list of the reasons why there's so many factions is because of the depth of the talent uh, that you have, you know, groups are naturally formed in a lot of ways. Uh, and and th- that it gives individuals within a group an opportunity to shine that might not break through the clutter, if you will. Uh, but, but, but being in a faction, you have that opportunity. You know, I think I go back and look at the, the best example uh, of, you know, a, a native of South Florida, a guy you may have heard of, Dwayne Johnson, but you kind of look at his role uh, in the nation of domination and how he broke out of that. You kind of take that part of his career out. You just, it's just not the same. Uh, and we could go down the list of so many talent that have really uh, got their feet wet and got comfortable by being uh, in a group of maybe veterans and then they break out of it. it it's just uh, simplistic storytelling, uh, but it's a part of professional wrestling that's been around uh, for generations and generations. 
Jeff, I've been with you since Simply Irresistible, Jeff Jarrett, from the beginning, from the magazine <laughs> days. I've been with you as heavyweight champion, been with you as the founding member of the Four Horsemen and the Bullet Club. I, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm, I said to myself, self? Oh, boy. How, how come Jeff Jarrett is not in, in AEW, the GCW Jeff Jarrett, the violent, unpredictable outlaw? Is that guy going to show up in in uh, in AEW at some point? That guy with the jeans and the black hat and the anger and the how he wants the wrestling business to be back the way it used to be? Well, the, you know the 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 we'll call it the GCW version was just uh, the tip of the iceberg, and then things started rolling. If you saw night one of my debut in Baltimore when I cracked Darby Allen, that was a uh, the, the debut in AEW of The Last Outlaw. The Last Outlaw always is there. You'll see the black hat. You'll see the black coat uh, from time to time. Uh, and that's in my DNA that, you know, um, I, I, when I look around the dressing room and, and see whether it's the, the, the Lucha Stars or, or, or you know, the, the great talent from Japan or even the Europeans, I kind of look around the room and, and truly realize uh, I am, uh, you know, the only guy, Sting, Jericho, uh, to a degree, that worked the territory system. And so that's really the genesis of that. And it's not really that I wanted to go back by any stretch of the imagination is, is that it's kind of a message that, uh, hey, boys, y'all didn't create or invent this industry. Uh, in Memphis, we were doing hardcore wrestling before ECW was ever thought of. Uh, we were doing, um, you know, street fights before. It just it, it, it's the evolution of the business, and I think the de definition of that last outlaw is is that uh, I, I respect yesteryear, but also know uh, that uh, each and every day you better prove yourself, and that's what the last outlaw does. So speaking of proving yourself, we've talked a lot about the amount of talent in this AEW locker room. There's limited TV time. You've been on TV a lot since you've gotten there. So why does Jeff Jarrett deserve AEW TV time? Emotional connection with the audience. It's just that simple. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, uh, it, it goes without saying. And, and the naysayers, oh, he's done this, he's done that. Uh, all you have to do is listen uh, to the people in the arena. They love me. You know, I think there's, there, there's, a, a, there's some kind of F.U. Jarrett that they get going on. But I think that's a, a term of endearment. They absolutely love me. Uh, but it's the emotional connection that will never go away. The moves will continue to get more and more aggressive and more and more athletic. That's just the nature of the beast. You look at things that will happen tomorrow night uh, in sunrise. That have, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly, I don't use this word lightly, but revolutionary. But at the end of the day, the emotional connection with the audience existed 70 years ago, and it's going to exist 70 years from now. That's what entertainment is all about. And I don't care if you're playing NBA basketball, if you're playing NFL football, or if you're in a Hollywood blockbuster. It's all about connecting with your audience. That's the answer, Gabe Neitzel. So now you know the answer why Jeff Jarrett's on TV. Since you don't like Jeff Jarrett, and I do, that's the answer. Emotional connection. And that slappy doesn't like me? What, what yeah, that? yeah, right here. Right here. This one, right here. So you're a hater. You're a, 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 I get it. I get, there, there's a few in every crowd. But God bless you. You're Johnny come lately to the industry. You don't understand. You don't understand the industry. 
you 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 wouldn't know something that drew money if it hit you in the face. So there you go. And I don't fair like that, I don't like that you called my friend Jeff Jarrett the human fast forward button. I think that, that was wrong too, <laughs> Didn't like that. Not about my friend Jeff Jarrett. Hey, the people who call me that, uh, first and foremost, are my podcast partner, Conrad Thompson. And guess what, pal? <laughs> He's paying me now. He's paying that fast <laughs> So who won that? Who got the hand raised in that uh, relationship? Oh, man. Um, well, you, you mentioned oh, Conrad. Man. So you got to be a part. We just had Ric Flair on uh, our show not that long ago, Jeff. What did it mean to you to be able to be part of the Ric Flair's last match uh, and the spectacle that that was? You know, um, that is something that, in so many ways evolved. Uh, I wish we were doing a documentary just on, on how that kind of naturally evolved, but it's something that um, from the bloody parking lot scene that was off the charts, uh, Karen Shue got him good, but how that all developed and his real life relationship with Jay Lethal, his son-in-law, uh, obviously my history with Rick, uh, you know, kind of a, 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 a mindset that, that came out of a conversation. What about one last match? The controversy that he created, I still chuckle to myself that, you know, Rick, uh, you know, sold out Minnesota Auditorium or damn near close to it on his last match, and people still want to criticize him. I get all that. I understand all that. Uh, but there was a lot of magic that was made over last summer. Uh, the 90 days, that doc they did, that three-part story, just the views and the, you know, and look, I've always said, um, uh, you know, since that match was over and I, you started hearing the feedback, good and bad, there's three people, three groups of people, people that saw it live, people that saw it uh, on Fight TV, and the people that didn't see it. The people who didn't see it are heavy, very, very critical of it. The people there that are live, they know the magic was created. And when you have legends in the business uh, that were attended the show, not only on camera, but off camera, I'll let you guys uh, go down that rabbit hole, that, uh, you know, the comments they made, uh, the energy that they saw in the arena, it was, it was truly a special night. And I feel uh, pretty honored uh, to, to uh, have that opportunity. Um, because it, it delivered in every metric. Uh, when you found out the news about Wembley Stadium and AEW, what was your initial reaction? Hell yeah, let's go. Uh, you know, it, it is a statement maker without question. Uh, I think when you look at, you know, the strategic patience is kind of the word that, you know, AEW has not run an event in the United Kingdom. Um, ITV uh, some folks in America don't quite understand the strength of ITV. Uh, it's free to air network. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a very, very strong partner. Uh, the Khan family has deep, deep relationships, owning Fulham uh, in the community, uh, in the country. Uh, so I'm really excited. It's a statement uh, coming out of the gate. Uh, we've already kind of talked about the roster. I have uh, been a part of, of tours uh, of the United Kingdom since 1993, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs. I'm very familiar with the market, and I am uh, super excited. And, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of amazing that we're even having this conversation for a four- to almost five-year-old brand talking about having a, an event in Wembley Stadium. 
that is uh, it's never been done. I love to be a part of something that's never been done. Well, since I don't know what would make money, I'm going to ask you, how would Jeff Jarrett, who should Jeff Jarrett be facing at Wembley in order to make money? You boys are armchair quarterbacks, armchair bookers, <laughs> looking for clickbait. Jeff wants this. Jeff wants that. <laughs> Smarten up, Slappy. <laughs> All right. I, I tried lobbing it up there. He slotted it right back at me. <laughs> That's because he's the original outlaw, pal. That's uh, why. There we go, Slappy. I got to be smarter. I got to be smarter. <laughs> Jeff, when it comes to your career, your resume has gotten you in two Hall of Fames. What is one part you look back on and say you wish you had a do-over on? A do-over, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this uh, through the lens uh, of sobriety in so many ways, is that every potential mishap or update, you know, th there's so many things that I could go back and be highly critical. In the early days of TNA, um, the folks that were closest to me, would th they would come up to me at times often and say, man, you are being way too critical of yourself. And you're, you know, I'm like, well, I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at that. Uh, so I could be critical about my territory days, the new generation days, the WCW days, uh, certainly the early TNA days. Uh, but I could go on and on. What I've really realized through the years is unless you're in a valley, it's impossible to see a mountaintop. If, if you're up top all the time, you just kind of look down and you don't really say anything. It's so, so every valley that I've been through in my life has a place, has a meaning, and I've grown from it. And it truly has made me who I am today. Jeff, um, I always tell these, these to my two co-hosts all the time. We quote your dad all the time about how personal issues draw money. I wonder if, if your dad was in that locker room, how he could bring sides together. I mean, why was he so good at being able to bring that out? Personal issues draw money. I wonder how he would fare today in 2023 in your locker room to bring sides together to be able to put it in the ring. Now, you actually, I don't know if you guys play like uh, softball or if it's volleyball or if it's like uh, cornhole. You guys are just kind of lobbing things up there <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know, old dumb country boy hillbilly jeff he's just gonna join in this cornhole game and start playing with it god bless you folks uh, i will say i will say this that's a good question jeff you, you know David, i think that the no question. comment is where he's going there it's a good no question. no no here's what i'm gonna tell you you've already answered it by the I'll call it, uh, it, it was kind of your A1 steak sauce as you tried to feed me that bike. Hey, your dad said personal issues draw money. Guess what? Personal issues draw money. Thank you very much. Let me say, you, yeah. you guys are reading the news and this and that. Is it really a bad thing? Nope. No. no. Well, and, and I would say this, Jeff, because I thought you handled it well. I think of when when your group and you were feuding with the Acclaimed and the Acclaimed came out with their rap video, there were a couple of pretty personal attacks that they put in there that I feel really furthered that feud. Without question. And I wish uh, Mama Karen Jarrett was on this phone. You, you talk about some flamethrowing. <laughs> um, but all kidding aside, guys, when you kind of go back a couple of generations and – you know, I, I was 
I was literally born and raised on this. If people today understood how much Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee in their primes not just didn't get along, they despised each other. It, it, it wasn't hearsay, but they took care of business. And you kind of go back and look at the stats, 82, 83, 84, whatever it may be, they made a fortune together. Um, that is, that, that, that's the reality of it. So I don't look at any of what uh, we'll call it online drama or whether it's fact or fiction or a little bit of both. Um, it, it is all a set of circumstances that this business that I am forever grateful that I've got to spend my career into, it's the nature of the beast. There, you're always going to have uh, personalities clash. Guess what? It happens on every sports team. It happens on every movie set. It just happens. Uh, and, and if the, the folks that put on their thinking caps that truly uh, want to go to work, make money, they will persevere and they will not just survive, but thrive. Jeff, I want to say thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night, FLA Live Arena in Sunrise, AEW Dynamite. If you're in the Florida area, make sure you grab your tickets and go check out The Last Outlaw. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Slappies. And uh, next time, (laughs) I'm kidding. Hey, guys, all good. I appreciate y'all's time today. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up, baby. There you go. Tighten up. <laughs> I want to say a big thank you to Jeff Jarrett for joining us. That was fun. And I've got a feeling that me being a slappy is not going to be going away anytime soon. So that's, you know, my name on this. If you watch us on video underneath, it may say slappy there um, going forward. We'll have to find out. I guess that's Listen, not going to be up to me. I want to make sure we pull the curtain back. Broitz, we had a vote and Gabe was voted down two to one to have Jared on because he did not want Jared on. <laughs> Didn't. He thinks he's a slappy and the, the human fast forward button. And so, I mean, but it ended up being a pretty good interview. He healed yep. on me, and I'm a fan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he healed on me. I watched him since 1990. Would <laughs> not take your bait. You tried, and he's like, nope, that is a veteran right there. Yeah, he, he yeah, he got to wake up early to slide one past uh, good old yeah. Double J. But well, thank you, you to him for there. Thank you to him for joining us. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys their draft night. I hope everybody enjoyed our draft earlier today and the WWE draft, which is coming up. I'm sure we'll break down the rosters and we'll start getting ready for Backlash. We'll do that all next week right here on GKW.